Hello and welcome to you all Friday, March 17th, 2023. Happy St. Patrick's Day to the Irish among you and the 95% of other people who just pretend they are Irish inexplicably on St. Patrick's Day. You don't need to pretend to be Irish today. You can just go out and wear green and drink if that is your prerogative. Uh, joined by Sue Ann Levy, the co-hostess with the Mostus. Uh, Levy, that's a, an authentic Irish name, is it not, Sue Ann? Actually, I come from roots of Mick Levy, but I changed it when my, my relatives changed it when they landed in Canada from Mick Levy to just Levy. Okay, so Sue Ann McLevy and Andrew O'Lawton here for Fake News Friday. There we go. We're starting off with the fake news being the very names by which we identify ourselves. Uh, how was the week, Sue Ann? Great. Cannot complain. Uh, one thing not fake is that I've been on a great program. I encourage your viewers, lost nine pounds so far in four weeks. There we go. We can start doing infomercials on uh, Fake News Friday, but it'll be honest coming from you. People won't know what to think. It's not a fake. I'm not faking it. <laughs> I might need to do like that program times 20 for it to be meaningful, but we'll uh, we'll have to chat off air about that. Uh, lots of stuff happened this week in the world of fake news. One in particular that I want to focus on, which is a bit of a bigger picture topic. I know we spoke in uh, the last show, or maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, about uh, the trend of drag story times that are seemingly pervasive now at every library and uh, county fair imaginable. But what's interesting is that the focus of the outrage from the media is not on these shows, but on people who dare to raise questions about these sorts of shows. In Calgary, they've now made it illegal to protest them, and the media likes to talk about this as being the new trend of the far right. There was a, a piece in Global News that talks about how anti-LGBTQ protests are on the rise in Canada. What's going on, the reporter asks. And I think... Let's just start and talk about the headline there. I don't think there is at all an honest way you could say that protesting something very narrow and very specific, like a, a drag show of any kind or a drag show for kids, is an anti-LGBTQ2 protest. I certainly don't feel it. And you know that I'm L uh, in the LGBT uh, series of alphabet letters. Uh, so I, you know, I don't feel it. I think it's a legitimate, these are legitimate concerns by parents. Uh, you know, uh, my dear wife uh, asked me, whatever happened to librarians reading stories to kids in libraries? Whatever happened to that? Why do we have to bring in these drag queens who are outrageous and really are very, very, you know, geared to mature audiences? They're actually some of them very obscene. So I think little kids don't understand it at all. So, you know, so the f people, uh, I hate the word, the use of far right too, Andrew. So anybody who protests or is concerned about the impact on kids, young kids, we're talking very young kids, is far right. What has happened to our world? What has happened to our, you know, the sentiment in Canada? We're not allowed to speak up about this sort of thing. 
Yeah, that's a great point about the librarians. I mean, this is librarian erasure, if nothing else. Where's the librarian un uh, the librarian union standing up about, uh, you know, having their jobs taken away for, for whatever the reason? But, you know, it, it's interesting because the idea that we see people that are frustrated with this very narrow and very specific thing, I would say it's not even an anti-T protest necessarily, let alone an anti-LGBTQ2 protest, because they're... they're in my experience, anyone who's raising issues with this is not saying we don't like uh, drag performances. They're saying, hey, keep it away from the children. And, and we can debate that point. There are drag queens that have gone on TV and talked about why they think it's important and why everyone needs to stop their criticism. Let's have that debate. And we can have it without denigrating people as being part of this new far-right cabal, which is what the media is doing. And in doing so, relying on the Canadian Anti-Hate Network. So I know you have a lot of experience experience uh, writing about this and researching this. Why, who are they and why has the media given them uh, the authority on determining what's extremist? Well, they joined at the hip with the Liberal government headed by Bernie Farber. He used to be the CEO of the um, U United Jewish uh, Federation and he kind of parted, term, parted with ways with them. And I think he's a really bitter sort of mean guy and he, you know, he's formed this anti-hate network, again, funded by the Trudeau government. Um, and the interesting thing is that they spew, in many ways, more hate than, it, than you or I or anybody that they criticize. So they target people who have an opinion. They don't, you know, I haven't heard them speak up. For instance, they did not speak up about, or came out very late out of the gate, about the Laith Maroof. A scandal, mm -hmm. you know, the gentleman who was funded, who's virulently anti-Semitic again. Funded they had to wait until the Trudeau government made it acceptable to criticize him before they would criticize. Exactly. Him. Yeah. So they're they're biased. They're conflicted. And uh, I, you know, I don't know why the media. I mean, I used to not yell at, but say to the people I worked with at the Toronto Sun, why are you even quoting Bernie Farber? Because he is so far out there now. His opinion is not perceived, particularly in the Jewish community, with any weight whatsoever. So, and I mean, now they, they weigh in on things that aren't hateful and ignore things that are hateful. Yeah, Bernie Farber, just for context, a lot of people might know of him uh, because a year ago, or just over a year ago, during the convoy, he tweeted out this vile anti-Semitic poster that he said a friend of his saw at the convoy in Ottawa. And it, of course, turned out that the photo had been taken like three months earlier in Miami, uh, before the convoy started, before the convoy existed. And when he was called on this by Jonathan Kay, he said, oh, well, it's the type of thing you would see at the convoy. So uh, he creates and invents hate where no hate exists. And, and as you mentioned, Sue Ann, he ignores it in many cases when it does exist, if it goes against his narrative. Exactly. I mean, that was the funniest thing, being caught in the act with a, a flyer that was from Miami, posted in Miami. And, you know, but he eggs on people. That's the thing. So the media still think he's an authority and he eggs on people and encourages them to hate uh, what say you and I are, are talking about with legitimate concern. I have to say that the anti-hate network hates me. So, you know, hates me for having an opinion and some common sense. But this is like how crazy our world has become with these kind of people who are, are funded by the Trudeau government 
and do the exact opposite of what they're really supposed to do in a real world. Yeah, and some of it is just disingenuous. So uh, there's one person here who is uh, quoted in this article in Global who says that the criticisms of drag story time is coming from white heterosexual men from the far right with religious backgrounds that are trying to demonize the LGBTQ2 community. And I would like to note that I'm getting the acronym right every single time. I'm not fumbling one bit, even getting the two in there. And the thing about that that I find troubling for many reasons is that if you look at the landscape of who it is that's criticizing these performances, it's actually more, in my experience, coming from women that are concerned about the implications on women's spaces of the trans movement. It's not, I mean, yes, there's a, there sort of is a, a bedfellows uh, between radical feminists and the Christian right on some of these issues, but overwhelmingly, the, the issues I'm seeing are coming from mothers, they're coming from uh, lesbians, they're coming from gay men that don't like what's happening here. Exactly. And this speaks to, and I'm glad you brought that up because this speaks to the great divide in the LGBTQRS community because there are. You missed those the two, that, Sue Ann. Okay, two, two, one, two, three. Um, there are those who espouse queer theory. Well, I hate the word queer. I absolutely hate it. But now they want to be called queer because that means they're radical and progressive. Um, but the average person, the mainstream, say LGB, well, I don't know if I should include T because the T's have become radical, but the mainstream people uh, abhor this kind of stuff. They abhor queer theory. They think it's radical. They're upset about kids uh, being indoctrinated in schools. And it relates to that as well, gender ideology at a young age being you know, taught in schools. Um, so this has created this huge divide. So you've got these really radical trans people and radical, you know, queer people, as they call themselves. Um, they're the ones who are pushing this. And the anti-hate network has um, latched on with them. And, you know, one person we, we've talked about, Faye Johnson, for example, the trans activist who's the making face also- of her she or, or they she. Yeah. Yeah, they, they. who's also making whatever the chocolate's money. called now. Yeah, Hershey, who's making money from the Trudeau government. It gets funded. She's also she is also funded by the Trudeau government and is also um, espousing this queer theory where she hates any lesbians, any women who say, "Well, you might be a biological male. You're not really, you know," and discuss the reality of the biology of transgenderism. So, you know, this, this is, you know, again, like I said to you, the great divide that has occurred and, you know, enabled by organizations by the, by, like the Canadian Anti-Hate Network. Well, and I think you're right there, Sue Ann. Extreme voices in any movement are always the loudest, and they they cloud out people. Like I, I'd, I've never talked about this, but I had a when I ran for office in 2018, I had a, a really heartwarming encounter. And and people that are familiar with the history know that I said some things that I, I terribly regret about uh, the gay community. And and uh, they were coming up when I ran for office, and I knocked on the door of one guy when I was out canvassing, and I said, you know, hi, I'm Andrew Lawton, I'm seeking your vote, and he said, I'm gay, and I said, oh, I'm you know, I, that's fine. I'm, I'm Andrew. And he said, I don't give a bleep if you march in a pride parade. Are you going to lower my taxes? And I, I think that there are probably a lot more people like him than there are people trying to vilify and demonize and uh, on race as well. I think there are a lot more people that would welcome a dialogue, even with people that they might have some pretty fundamental disagreements on than people that want to silence other people. 
Yes, and that's created this huge divide in Canada. And I dare say it goes back to the federal government. They're funding all these crazy groups who are sending out messages that you're a white privileged male, I'm a, I don't know, white lesbian, Jewish, you know, and I'm a white supremacist turf, as well. Turf, that's the, that's the slur I'm a now. turf, yes, yes, a turf. Exactly. Yeah. Well, again, I, I think it's safe to say that uh, the left does very well this idea of reclaiming a word. That was the whole uh, impetus behind slut walk. It's, as you mentioned, queer. I mean, that's another one. It used to be this thing that you'd never dare say. It's like the N-word, and now it's something that people are calling themselves. So we need to reclaim things ourselves. Don't let the uh, anti-hate network redefine what extreme is. That's right. So we are. But we're not far right. I love that. I absolutely love that. So I always say to these people, are you far left? What is far right? You're far left, obviously, if you criticize us and call yeah. us these. Yeah, far, but, far, but far left is deemed like fun and harmless, whereas far right is like deemed the uh, uh, second coming of Adolf Hitler. This is a, a bit of a heavier topic, so let's revert back to one that we always enjoy, which is Canada state broadcaster, the CBC getting a little bit defensive on Twitter this week. The National Post published a column by Chris Selly, which I actually agree with the fundamental point of. He said, CBC can't hope to measure up to even the BBC's fiascos. And what he's talking about here is that BBC, despite being a state broadcaster, tends to be regarded a bit better because it produces better content. I mean, some of the British programs that BBC has uh, released onto the world have been vastly superior to CBC which has given us a couple of goodies like Shit's Creek, which is very popular, and Kim's Convenience. But they also give you, need I remind you, the colonial or anti-colonial talking tomato. Isn't it true that feminists don't like boys? I think we're really gonna need this episode. Or the gender-fluid South Asian nanny that is living a complicated existence. Yeah, not exactly the stuff of BBC, but CBC gets a little defensive of this. They tweet out a screenshot of the National Post column and say, we've got some internationally award-winning Canadian creators, production teams, and actors who might disagree. Sue Ann, doth they protest too much? Absolutely. I mean, if CBC would stick to the Schitt's Creek and Kim Convenience kind of shows and stop trying to niche market this is what it is niche marketing appealing to a very select group of people i mean a transgendered nanny that's very interesting but who would watch that uh, you've got to wonder about their ratings if they aren't uh if they weren't propped up by the liberal government would they be producing number one these shows and number two uh, you know with their ratings they have no we don't know anything about their ratings. Let's put it that way. So uh, I dare say maybe three people watch these kinds of shows. But again, they're bailed out by the federal government, so they don't have to worry. Uh, BBC actually yeah. does produce some good stuff. And, and I've seen some of it on Netflix. And it's clever. And, you know, and there's some thought put into it. This is all appealing and pandering to a select group. And CBC has lost its way. It's just really lost its way when it produces stuff like this. 
I mean, I try to keep on top of media in Canada. So uh, our colleague Harrison Faulkner put together a list of some CBC shows. Now, I've not verified this. So if it's wrong, you can take it up with Harrison. I'm just going off of his word here instead of uh, telling my computer that I might like looking at CBC's website every now and then. But he put a list of shows together that I've never heard of, which sound insanely uh, CBC-esque. One is Canadian Ballroom Extravaganza in which uh, 10 ballroom stars, uh, such as they are, pair up with 10 queer and trans filmmakers for dance battles. There's Revenge of the Black Best Friend about a self-help guru who wants to cancel the entertainment industry's reliance on the token black characters. There's Virgins, which follows the lives of four women who are too modest for the big city but too provocative for the East African homes from which they come. Ooh, some ethnic tension there. Uh, real blackity talk. That's okay. Real blackity talk shines perspectives on non-binary black folk in Canada. And then Queens, which is a comedy mystery whodunit following an eclectic cast of Toronto drag queens. Uh, whodunit is probably the evil uh, white conservative character without even seeing the show. That's probably the culprit of it. So, Sue Ann, are these on your uh, and your lovely wife's uh, evening viewing viewing uh, schedules? I've never, ever heard of them. And, and you would be in the whodunit. You would be Andrew in a trench coat with a yeah. hat. Yeah, the second. Well, that's the thing. You could probably see who done it just by virtue of the character. It's like I don't know uh, because they couldn't like cast the drag queens as the criminals because that would uh, be stigmatizing. Like I, I, a part of me thinks that Harrison has pranked me here, and he just like plugged in some inputs into one of those AI uh, generators of just like give me some titles of woke CBC shows, and that these aren't even real things. But I think they're real. Well, again, I'm talked about pandering to a select group. And they don't even make sense. This stuff is, you know, I have no problem now. I mean, we see commercials with people of color and visible minorities. We have, you know, men kissing on TV. I don't care. Include everybody. We, you know, and, and shows have gay characters. They have uh, all kinds of visible minorities. But to target an entire show around these specific oppressed, intersectional groups is madness. It's just, you know, I can't believe that they have any viewers for these shows. Other than well, maybe- I don't, I don't think they do. I, like, cause they're not driven by ad revenue. They're driven by subsidies. And that's like the entire uh, CBC existence here now. So can you imagine them filming the drag queen one in Toronto, them running up and down the street looking for you and your trench coat? Yeah, so I, 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 you know what? If if CBC does an open casting call, I might even just audition to uh, uh, to get it over with here. Uh, all right, we've got time for one more here. Uh, Waterloo Region, that is in uh, southwestern Ontario near me, near, near me. Their public schools diversity job fair has garnered racially charged backlash. They wanted to hire more Indigenous, Black, and racialized staff, uh, but now people are calling out. Uh, well, why are they discriminating against white candidates who may be just just as qualified for the job. Uh, now, interestingly enough, they turned off comments on their tweet uh, because of the backlash. So they didn't seem to like that people were calling out, uh, hey, why is one's race relevant at all to their job at the Waterloo Region School Board? Well, I think this has been going on. And, you know, as you know, I did a story about it. I think this has been going on for a long, long time, but quietly. Now they feel that they have no problem just broadcasting their 
uh, it's not even equity hiring, it's selective hiring. And I do think it's sort of a reverse form of racism. In the list of people that are invited to the job fair are custodians and maintenance people and secretarial staff. So what are you gonna do? If you don't have the qualifications, but you have the you know appropriate uh, skin color or whatever, are you gonna get a leg up on other people? I mean, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. I think uh, whatever happened to hiring based on merit, I thought that that was, you know, basically a human right. That was part of the human rights code. And then now everything has been topsy, turned on its head, really turned on its head or ear or whatever you want to call it. Um, and you get selected treatment if you are indigenous in this case, or uh, have uh are racialized as they call it, or are black. And, you know, is the statistics I quoted in my article, the student population is uh, very limited in those groups. However, they're not asking for Asian teachers, for example, they're not asking for LGBT teachers. They're narrowing it very, very uh, selectively to this group of people. I don't think that's right, but I mean, this is the Waterloo School Board. Sorry to drone on about this, but this is the Waterloo School Board. I've done too many um, stories to count about the craziness that's gone on there, particularly under the education director, Jiwan Chanika, who doesn't like to capitalize his name. Just to jump in, they were the ones who back in October posted a Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving tweet that was like, happy fall long weekend. And they canceled Valentine's Day at some schools. So, you know, it's just a a progression of a long line of things that have happened. But uh, I think the pendulum has swung this way far, far out and hopefully it'll swing back. But right now, I'm like, my goodness. Be interesting to to have someone like Trudeau go in blackface and see if he's let into the job fair. You went there. I didn't go there. It was all her. Take it up with Sue Ann. I did no such thing there uh, that anyone can take issue with. But, uh, you know, I will say on a more serious point to try to pivot it back to something that doesn't get me canceled alongside you uh, by, uh, you know, tonight. We're we're talking about some cases, entry level jobs, uh, you know, a custodian, a, a secretarial worker, administrator, whatever they're called. You know, I, I'm actually a big believer in diversity in the workforce when diversity enhances the workforce. So if you have, uh, for example, a marketing team, you don't want all white men because they're probably going to think more similarly about some things than people that have different backgrounds. Uh, on some jobs, though, I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters uh, the race of someone who's pouring a coffee at Tim Hortons. I don't think it matters the race of someone who's teaching your children when there's only going to be one teacher in the classroom. I mean, if you're going to have, you know, like the pantheon and have, you know, like the panel of gods in the classroom and you want one from every group and every nation and tribe on the earth, then fine. But for the most part, I don't get why it matters. And and this idea of focusing on these statistics and numbers, it's like these school boards are trying to solve a problem that I don't think actually exists. Well, that the problem, you're right. The problem is that there are poor math, poor literacy, uh, poor reading scores at school boards right across the province. So they think that their logic is that if we bring in more faces that match the kids who are in the classroom, then they'll be able to relate to these people. And um, then all of a sudden, you know, everything will break free and they'll do well in their testing and they'll achieve 
blah, blah, blah. But that's not the case. A good teacher is a good teacher. And it's actually insulting to white supremacists like yourself because it's saying that you don't understand, you don't understand, um, you know, the issues of, you know, blacks or racialized people. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, you call out Justin Trudeau in blackface. I get to be the white supremacist. We are just like canceling ourselves and each other every which way on this show. Let's end it before we do any more damage here. Uh, Sue Ann Levy, fantastic work as always at True North that people can catch up with at tnc.news. Uh, we will talk to you all next week.